Hey everyone, I'm Patrick Jones and welcome to episode 60 of That Gives Me Anxiety. I started getting nervous about what actual episode number I was on as I was saying that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the delay. But yeah, I'm sitting here, I got uh, my beanie on, or uh, I guess a toque if you're Canadian, because we're in like the actual six weeks of winter that we get here in Charleston. You know, it's nice to experience a little bit of winter. You get to bust out the uh, the winter stuff and complain about the winter, <laughs> even though no one up north wants to hear it. Had a good three day weekend there for uh, Martin Luther King Day. Went to see Avatar yesterday in three D. A lot of fun. I mean, the visual effects were incredible. Just like coming from that to real life is it's crazy, right? Movie definitely has a lot of plot holes, but that's it's Avatar. It's not. I don't know. It's it's not really worth like digging into it too much one funny thing that happened at the theater was there were like multiple kids under eight in the theater and like not because i I don't think that's a problem because it was like gory it's a pg-13 movie like i don't know some kid it's fine right it's it's blue monsters smacking other blue monsters here we go but it's a three hour and 22 minute movie Multiple times, the the kids went through, like, a, a sleep cycle of, like, into the movie, into the movie. Okay, now I'm bored. Okay, now I'm playing with my toys in my seat. <laughs> Not paying attention. But whenever there was a bad word, like, the kids would be, you would hear them, like, snap back into it. <laughs> the bad word. I also just kept picturing James Cameron, like, as if he was in the back of the audience watching these kids watch the movie. And just being, like, grumpy. You know, I worked on this for 13 years. <laughs> Longer than your life. But yeah, I haven't been to the movies. The only two movies that I've gone to see in theaters since the pandemic. Spider-Man. I mean, come on. With Tobey Maguire and, and the other guy getting in there. Must watch. And Avatar. And then I'll complain about every movie being Marvel movies, right? There's been plenty of movies <laughs> that come out. The only two that I've seen... Or big budget, you know, nonsense. But fun. I had fun. But I've got a great episode lined up here for you. Sentence law. I was losing confidence as that sentence was going on. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about anxiety related to asking for a raise. And to help me out, I had a negotiation expert, Fotini Iconopoulos, and my friend Matt Revere on to talk about asking for a raise and the level of preparedness how women might be treated differently might yeah the, the wage gap is a real thing and how when you're getting a new job stand up for yourself negotiate get what you can because it's much harder once you've joined an organization this interview is going to be split into two parts so the first half is coming to you today and then the next one a week from today so definitely stay tuned for for more from fotini before we get to the interviews, I just want to remind you, if you're liking the podcast, please uh, rate and review it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Five stars. Little great podcast. I love it. That goes a long way. You can also check the show out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can see the Golden Girls memes I made this week. <laughs> also, there's Pure Spectrum, who has the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 15% off your orders. I've been using a lot of their products late, lately from their face mo- face face moisturizer, body moisturizer, the Solve, Solve. I have both an invigorating and a 
relaxing salve that you put on your muscles and, and that helps calm them down and, and smells wonderful. And also the gummies, which are really helpful. Uh, I take them every single day, help with inflammation and, and CBD just helps take the edge off without, you know, any, any of the properties that you would get from THC. So if you're curious about CBD and, and everything that Pure Spectrum has to offer, I fully recommend it. And like I said, Anxiety Pod will give you 15% off your order. And uh, yeah, give them, give them a look. Then there's also the Buy Me a Coffee link. That's just a way to make a donation to the show, or you can think of it as a tip. Hey, Pat, I like what you're doing. Let's keep these coming. And that's always greatly appreciated. So yeah, without uh, further interrupt, I don't know, I'm struggling to finish my, my words here. I mean, it's still dry January. It's not like I'm hungover or, I mean, I guess that would be a, you know, it's nighttime. It would be bad if I was <laughs> still hungover to the point that I couldn't speak. Or I guess I could be presently drunk. Another red flag. But yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Joining me now on the podcast, I have my good friend, Matt Revere, ex-roommate, ex-improv, and also you you were on the show as a, as an expert in the business episode. I was. Yeah. Yeah, I how was. Do you, how do you feel being like the, uh, on this side of things now? Uh, it's great. It's great to be your three-time ex, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I hopefully can continue being more exes in your life. There you go. <laughs> That's the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, today we're going to be talking about anxiety related to asking for a raise. And it was something that when I posed to you, you, you had a strong reaction to the idea of, of coming on for this episode. So I'm curious, like, what caused that reaction? Yeah, you know, I think the strongest reaction I have that is, you know, when we think about the wage gap between men and women, the majority of my friends who are professional women struggle a lot with how to ask for a raise and mm-hmm. how to go about it and how to bring about it because there there's a lot of conflict that may arise from it or feelings of unsettling and so when we look at the wage gap and one of there's many reasons why it exists in the United States one of them though is around how to ask for a raise and how to kind of voice your voice when you need to when to ask for it mm-hmm. yeah and and to that point Somewhat interesting, I, I guess, is the word I'll, I'll use. But before asking Matt, and this is something I told Matt, I asked three different women if they wanted to be the person reacting to the clips. And all of them said they didn't feel comfortable talking about it. it there's like to your point and, and to the expert who I interviewed, uh, Fotini Iconopoulos, women, there's a bit of a mentality that, you know, don't rock the boat, be thankful that you have a job. And and that's a mentality that we're looking to shift people out of and and continue to create opportunities. But yeah, it's such a shame that, you know, a lot of women strong, like, super intelligent women that we both know, just don't feel comfortable expressing that in a public forum. Yeah, and I think it even goes to also um, applying for jobs that they may not feel that they're qualified for. A lot of times, especially with my professional women friends, they feel that they're, they have to be overqualified for a job. And mm-hmm. um, there's always this running joke is, you know, go in life as a white male and with the confidence of a white <laughs> male and apply for jobs that 
you know, hey, if I got in there, it's their fault, right? And I'll yeah. figure it out when I'm there. So <laughs> there, there's definitely a dichotomy breakdown there for sure. Meanwhile, like in, in film school, I was uh, applying for like head of studio jobs. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, it's their fault if they... Right, if me. it gets to that point. I mean, <laughs> I'll take their money, right? <laughs> right, right. I'm deeply unqualified for that. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, you yourself, have you ever asked for a raise? Yeah, absolutely. And um, many of times in my life, and in fact, I'm going through it right now. And so I can kind of provide some in real life advice of what's, what I'm doing and how I've done it before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, for the listeners, I, I briefly mentioned that we also have expert negotiator Fotini Iconopoulos on. And I, I asked her a bunch of questions related to getting a raise. And, and so now I think it's a good time to head over to the first clip. Great. Joining me now on the podcast, I have negotiation expert, Fotini Iconopoulos. I, I'm so sorry. I always get so nervous. Icon, Iconomopoulos. Did that's I get it, that? Yeah. That's it. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I just said it correctly three times, but regardless, uh, I, I'm thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about, talking about getting a raise, which is an anxiety that a lot of people have. But first, I, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah. So my name is Fotini. I have been doing negotiation consulting for a very long time, for well over a decade. I started a career in consumer goods. And before that, I actually ran a small retail business with my family. But I started my career negotiating with folks like the the buyers over at Walmart and other lovely folks like that. And then a company poached me and said, you should really be doing what we do. They had been brought in to train us to be better negotiators. And they, they saw something that I was doing well. And I said, yeah, sure. Someday when I've got more experience and they went, no, seriously, you should be doing what we do. And so before I turned 30, I was crisscrossing the globe, training everybody from CEOs from billion dollar oil companies down to junior account managers for consumer goods companies and everybody in between. And I really enjoyed it. I love empowering people to achieve their goals. And I've had opportunities to do it in other ways too. I was invited to go back and teach at my alma mater and teach MBA negotiations nice. where I've spent way more time in my office hours talking about salary negotiations than anything else in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I have had the joy of being able to speak to audiences all over the world thanks to my book with HarperCollins, Say Let's Get More. So trying to find Find ways to spread the word to empower people and as many people as possible. That's great. Yeah, I, I love that message. I mean, uh, to a much smaller scale than you have. That, that's exactly why I have this podcast to uh, bring on experts such as yourself to make the world seem a little bit less scary and, and to help, like you said, empower people. So yeah, that's that's such an awesome goal, and it doesn't feel like work when when that's your you know striving force kind of thing. Yeah, it's a real joy to be able to do this for a living, to turn what is a passion into something that can actually pay the mortgage, which is a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, kind of jumping in here, you know, there's there's obviously different kinds of, of negotiation. Is there, is there some kind of through line that you think people who are entering negotiations, regardless of what it is, need to know? Yeah, I'd say the the one thing that will help no matter what you're doing, whether you're buying a souvenir on a beach somewhere or you're negotiating for a new car or you're negotiating with your partner at home, it's it's having a mindset of curiosity. 
And what that will do for you is it'll help to take you out of your own fear, outside of your own head, and it'll put you inside of what's going on with this person right now. What can I get out of this situation? How can I help improve this situation? And it'll take you out of your nerves and put your focus on something else. And so I often do a lot of work with clients. I do these intensive workshops for corporates uh, that hire me. And I actually pin, pit people to go against each other. So they are negotiating one-on-one -on -one and we watch the videos and we break it down. And I'll find someone doing something like scratching their face whenever they make a proposal or there's a twitch of some kind. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I give them is, don't worry about not twitching. Don't worry about not touching your face. What I want you to be focused on is the mindset. Go in there a little bit more curious and the rest will fall into place because those are symptoms of a much bigger problem. Those are symptoms of the fear. So mm -hmm. if you can go in there and think about, I'm excited to learn something about this person, or I'm excited to, to, to get, see what I can get out of this situation. Okay. Then all of a sudden those nerves will start to fall into place and start serving you in a much better way. Interesting. Yeah. That, thank you for um, clarifying the aspect of like what you meant by the curiosity, because I wasn't quite sure. And, and that does change it, right? It changes it quite a bit. Even the two seconds ago that I heard it, when I'm thinking about any sort of discussion, it's like, oh, what can I get, right? Like a little bit of excitement. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's very interesting. What would you say? Well, shifting towards salary negotiation, let, let, let's start by talking about with a new job, right? You're, you're hired, you're a lot of times just kind of like thankful to, to be there. I know that I've felt that in, in a lot of jobs. How do you overcome that feeling to try to get the most that you can? Because that's the best time to get a salary and a bump. Yeah, it's, it's so much easier to get a bump when you're starting a new job versus when you're in there and internally trying to jump through hoops to get approvals for increases and so on. So there's usually easier budgets to get for a new person coming on board than it is for an existing person. So this is your moment. Now, I get this question all the time from MBA students who come to see me and they've got like they're down to the they've got the offer in their hands and they go, are you sure I can negotiate this? Because what if you know, what if they go, there's 500 other people that they interviewed for this. What if they go to the next person on the list? And my response to them is, but they're talking to you. They got this far in the process with you for a reason. There's a reason they chose you over somebody else. And here's the other thing is that if you are doing it in a way that is collaborative, that is cooperative, that is in, with that curious mindset, then there's no reason why they would want to rescind the offer. The worst thing that would happen if you handle it with that mindset is they go, we can't afford to do that. This is all we can afford to do, no harm, no foul. Now, if you're doing it in a way where you're banging your fist on the table and saying, you have to pay me this much or else, well, that not might not be the right way to start your relationship with these folks for the long term. In the rare case where you've handled it collaboratively, where you've been really inquisitive, where you've built some trust between them, and then they go, look, if you're gonna be asking for more, we don't want you here, then I'd say my advice to you is you just dodged a major bullet because that is not the type of company that is going to share your values. If all you're doing is trying to make sure that you are being paid equitably in the market, that you are getting the best possible deal, that you are getting valued in this organization, and they're about to go to extremes to threaten rescinding an offer, mm -hmm. then you've probably made, made sure that you avoided some massive bigger problems in the future. So you have to start with the mindset of, I got here for a reason, and they recognize that. Then you finish with the tactics of, 
How can we work together to make sure that this is equitable? How do we make sure that this is sustainable? How do we make sure that this is competitive? How close can you get to this other more competitive figure? If you're going with curiosity, with great questions, if you're anchoring an incredible number, then you should be able to open up a much more fruitful conversation than one that is going to instill you with fear. Mm, yeah, that's a great reminder. It's just, I feel like it's, it's something where you have to talk to a friend or a family member about, you know, when you're going through this to help remove the, the fear, right? Because we all have that like insecurities bumping around in our heads that like, you told me that you got a new job. Uh, I'd be like, oh yeah, like, push for it, push for it, push for it. But like other way around and, and I'm not saying anything, I can just live in that fear and anxiety and and just like self judgment. So yeah, that that's a good way to to get started with that. And and I'd add on to that, be careful of who you talk to. Talk to the person who's going to give you the pep talk. Mm. You know, I've had people in my life before way back when I was much younger and starting out where they and I was complaining about my salary at my then organization and I was on my way out. I was interviewing at new places to find another job. Mm-hmm. And she was saying to me, oh, you should just be grateful to have a job. Well, it turns out I'm technically an, an elder millennial. She's a Gen X. They, she came in with a very different mindset of you should just be grateful to have a job. And that is a that is a product of their context, their environment, their upbringing, and what they lived through. That's their lived experience for that generation. So she's of the mindset, you should just be grateful. I'm like, I have the, I have the mindset, no, I went to school for six years to make sure that I'm getting paid market value, to make sure that I'm getting paid competitively. I've also been in the situation where I've been surrounded by other women. And I know from lots of stats and research on the subject that women and disadvantaged groups, so anybody who's marginalized, mm-hmm. is going to be treated differently in negotiation. They're not offered. That's the reason why this, these gaps exist, gender gaps, bias gaps and so on. So if you are surrounding yourself with people who are victims of this gap, who are worried themselves and go, I don't think you should ask for more, that's going to bring you down. So find people with the mindsets that are going to pump you up, find some diverse mindset instead of getting caught up in what could be potentially a dangerous group think mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk? I know you've got a lot on your plate. You've got work, You've got friends, you've got family, pets, you've got the people that you make small talk with at the coffee shop or gym. You've got that bird that you see when you wake up every morning outside your window that you've projected things onto. Look at that bird. Doesn't even love its family. It's always by itself. You do that. Everyone does that. Point is, you've got a lot on your plate. Well, that's why there's Instacart to take a little bit off your plate. Using Instacart, you search for all your favorite foods and things that you need from the grocery store, all online, all while you're looking at that bird, wondering why it hasn't called its mom. And they deliver it to you. They go to the store and do the shopping for you. And they can deliver it in as fast as an hour. And you can sign up by clicking the link in the description, wherever you're listening or watching. And that's a great way of supporting the show. So it's a great way of supporting this show It's a great way to make your life a little bit easier because we all know that you have so much going on, like wondering whether that bird judges you back. Mindset of curiosity. I mean, that's such a different, I feel like every time, and maybe this is just like taught through TV and maybe our generation, but like salary negotiations and negotiations, generally speaking, are we're set up as a war, right? Like you versus the other person and and changing to a, a mindset of curiosity 
I, right? Like it doesn't feel right to to have the mindset of like I've got to like bilk whatever I can from this person, and and the curiosity mindset just feels better. It's a it's a better approach. It doesn't feel like you're going to come out a loser, right? If you don't right. destroy the other person. Yeah, that's exactly correct. You know, I think that when we think about negotiations, or we think especially around salaries, we immediately feel like it's a conflict, and it's mm-hmm. taking us out of our comfort zone. And we feel like it's going to be met with conflict. Mm -hmm. And so in my case, especially with the curiosity, one of the things that I do is to have that curiosity and to start reaching out before the conversation to kind of have those with my manager. Because a lot of times you ask for a salary increase around reviews, an annual review, things of that nature. But I usually take that a step back and start having those conversations a few months before And then you start to realize that maybe this person that I thought would be met with conflict is actually on my side. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a position now too, where I manage people and where you manage people, you don't know if people are ready to take the next step until they tell you. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of the times it's not, you're not going to be met with conflict as much as you think you're going to be met. Mm -hmm. And you can have that time to have that conversation And, you know, you may be able, they may see it in you too, and it may be time for you to take that next step. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as I was just saying to Matt, before we started this next clip, I don't know what's in your head, right? So help me, you know, if you have a story in mind, like help me get it out and make sure we get it out. Same thing goes for what you're describing. Like your manager may not know that you're unhappy or, you know, what you want more responsibility or whatever it is. And instead of, you know, we've all had coworkers who, instead of like effectively communicating those feelings will sulk and, and whine and, and their body language will be terrible. And and that's certainly not going to get you where you want to go too. So you're hurting yourself on two ends by not having the conversations to get you where you want, but also then you're looked at as, as someone who will never get there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly correct. And so I think it's just having those initial conversations and being curious about it and really putting yourself out there for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious, you as a poker player, uh, Fotini <laughs> gives the advice, you know, as long as you have your your mindset set to curiosity, don't worry about tells. I mean, obviously poker is a different <laughs> game than a salary negotiation, but uh, is that something that sits with you in a, in a, in a do you agree with that in, in a sense? Yes. I mean, so, you know, I think, I think there's two salary negotiations. There's one where you're already in the firm and you're looking to advance your salary within the firm. And so with those conversations, I think you can be a little bit more open, more honest, and you have more of an idea of the reputation and what this company has done before and the pathway for it. So those conversations are a little bit easier and you can show your hand a little bit more in terms Mm -hmm. of poker and your manager will know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to salary negotiations for, let's say you have a new job and they offered you 80000 and you're really looking for ninety five. that's where it is, you can be a little bit more internal and not showing your hand. And really, that is a little bit more of kind of the traditional harder negotiation points. Mm-hmm. And as we heard in the clip before, you know, a lot of people say, well, let me sign this paper now 
because they may move on or they they may they may have another candidate. At that point in the conversation, a lot of these organizations, they went through so many levels and so much work to mm-hmm. pick you and they enjoy you. And also a lot of times, you know, for them to increase it, maybe ten, fifteen thousand dollars isn't going to be it's going to cost them more to find a new candidate. Right. And so that's where, you know, the negotiation portion of that can you can be a little bit more concealed in your hand and what you want. And also negotiations don't always have to be around the number salary. Um, A lot of colleagues of mine uh, negotiate for another week of vacation on their package. So those are definitely more times you can conceal it. Yeah. Well, it just feels, it feels, you know, at times when you're getting a new job, it it feels like, oh man, I'm just so happy or thankful for the new opportunity and you don't want to rock the boat and you want to get off to the right foot. Like for example, when we were living together as roommates, right? Like the, I, I was freelancing and had you know, the bulk of my job go away. And I like found another job like a a few months later to go full time because, you know, freelancing had dipped too much. And I was just like, so thrilled to get the job that I was like, basically did little to no negotiating on the price. And that's like, that's the last time I've ever done that. Like, but I learned, but you just have to take a moment and breathe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're in a position where you need the job now, whether it's for health insurance or livability, mm-hmm. then that's, you know, unfortunately, they kind of have the leg up on you in the negotiation portion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you are in a place where you can negotiate, absolutely. I, that when you are get a new job, that is absolutely where you as the employee have the most leverage. Mm-hmm. And so for you to negotiate another $10,000, that may take you three years internally to get yeah. um, that that level. So there, there, you definitely have more power at the negotiation table before you sign right. the offer. Yeah, and to your point, like I mean, now that I've you know I've got a couple of years under my belt in in different jobs. I mean, watching the process, every manager that like someone gets away, like their top candidate gets away, like they're wearing it on their face right They're They're like, Oh God, I thought we were done. I thought we had it. Like they yeah. are hiring for that role to fill a need on their team. And, mm-hmm. and, and it takes such a long ass. Time. So I, I'm just sharing that to like really stress to people who are may, may not have so many years under their belt that are, that don't see what we've seen that take your time and and like you do have a lot more leverage than you think and like matt said you're never in such a good opportunity to make yeah once you get in there they they put the speed brakes on yeah to, for your growth salary growth exactly and so that's why you know and what's the worst case scenario right they say no and you still have the job they're not going to get offended and be like rescind the offer the worst case is that you are in the same position so why not? As long as you're Where? not like drawing a line in the sand and say, pay me now or I'm <laughs> out of here and I'm going to burn right, this building right, down. Right. Yeah. 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 Or it's <laughs> so out of whack, you know, you're asking for $300,000 when they're offering 80, but obviously there, there is room there for sure. Right. Well, I think it's a good time to go to the second clip with Fotini where uh, we're talking about like the level of preparation you should have before having these conversations. Mm-hmm. One of life's mysteries is that birthdays always find me unprepared, catch me unprepared. 
I don't go on Facebook as much, so I I don't notice them as much. But I want I want to express my love and an appreciation for friends and family. That wasn't part of the copy. I'm just saying it. <laughs> year after year, month after month. Even when I see it coming, I'm not ready. Am I a jerk? Yes and no. <laughs> Why do things have to be so black and white for you? But I've got great news, friends. Introducing monthly card subscriptions from the Cardist Studio. Join the service that delivers the card and the stamp that you'll need to your door. No more errands. Uh, who wants more errands? I don't know why, but I'm starting to think of errands as a kid's name. Errands go back to bed. <laughs> okay, but here's how it works. You choose your categories. From birthdays and celebrations to love and encouragement. Or select their full collections and have those thank you notes and just because cards at the ready. Those ones are always so nice. Like when you get a card for doing something and it's just like a small little heads up. Or, or token of appreciation. It genuinely makes you feel really good. And best of all, you would never get caught cardless again. Let me repeat, you'll never get caught cardless again. Try to say that a bunch of times in a row. You'll never get caught cardless again. Monthly card subscriptions from as little as $8 per month for the card and the stamp. Delivered to you. Thecardistudio.com shop subscriptions and you can use the promo code anxiety pod for 15 percent off your originating order you you hinted a little bit at, at what i think is going to be your answer to this next question but what level of preparation I, you you had mentioned you know if you're coming in with a credible number yeah what what type of preparation should you do whether whether it's a new job or or you're asking for a raise I'm glad you asked the question. I mean, there's not a there's not a, a black and white answer in terms of look at this many websites or talk to this many people, but it, it is to be well informed. Mm -hmm. So you want to go out there and get on the major websites like Payscale and Glassdoor and any other ones that are out there. If there's better ones for your industry, look into those. There have been a lot of changes recently, so don't assume you know everything. I mean, I just saw an article the other day. I live here in Toronto where it said Toronto salaries are about to go up significantly thanks to inflation and things like that. With the great resignation that has been happening over the past few years, again, things are changing because companies are getting more competitive and wanting to make sure they raise the stakes. I get students who are coming to me all the time going, I just finished my MBA two years ago and now the company is hiring people who are coming in at a much higher rate than I was hired at. How do I rectify that? So know what you're getting into by searching those websites, by talking to mentors in the industry so that you know what's going on, by talking to other people, people are going to be your greatest resource. Now, that being said, people get really antsy talking about negotiation. There's still some fear around it, some taboo. There's fear of repercussions. What if I talk about it and I get fired? And that is a legitimate concern, even though there's laws in a lot of places these days, especially all over North America, protecting that. There's still some anxiety from people. So you don't want to be causing that anxiety. What you could do is say something like, what would you expect for someone with my experience level? 
Now you're not asking them to divulge what's in their contract, but you are getting some valuable information about expectation management and so on. But when you can go in there credibly now to this organization and say, based on my knowledge of the industry, based on you know research on the industry, based on you know, other competitive offers that I've been getting in, getting coming in, here's what I would expect for someone with my experience level or with someone who you're expecting to take on these responsibilities. So you just want to be talking credibly and objectively as opposed to, I think I deserve this. Mm. No one cares what you think. That's right. your opinion. That's subjective. If you're going to give me an opinion, I'm going to mirror back and give you an opinion as well. So then we start arguing. But if you can say based on objective information, you don't have to cite sources. This isn't a university paper, <laughs> um, but you need to just sound as though you're being credible and that you are well informed and do your best to be well informed. Have a few conversations and that should be enough to get you over the line. Yeah. Wow. It seems like what you're recommending is is like taking the emotion out of it somehow, right? Like just coming in with facts as opposed to, like you said, like I feel, you know, but that that's certainly difficult to do, right? Like a lot more money could be very life-changing, but I, I understand Absolutely. the note. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is it's about being as objective as possible so that you're not sparking arguments with someone. Mm -hmm. But so in the one hand, it's a, it's about removing emotions, but it's more about channeling your emotions. Mm -hmm. I want you to channel your enthusiasm for this job in a way that's going to be productive instead of your fear of losing this job. There was a really cool study that was done back in 2013 at Harvard where they did they made people sing in front of a group. They were asked to sing Journeys Don't Stop Believing. And mm -hmm. I believe after death, I think getting Getting in front of a microphone is the number two fear in America. <laughs> so they told them, they put them into one of three groups and they said to the first group, I want you to tell yourself, regardless of how you're feeling, I want you to tell yourself I am anxious. And they told the second group, I want you to tell yourself I am excited. And they told the third group not to say anything at all to themselves. And so what they found was according to a computer that measured each singer's volume and pitch, those who told themselves that they were excited outperformed the other two groups. Wow. And they know it wasn't just about vocal ability because they also outperformed them on a math test and a speech test. Oh so that goodness. means channeling that energy into excitement instead of nervousness can actually get you much better improved outcomes. So it's okay to be excited about something. It's okay to show enthusiasm. And I'd rather you use that energy for good, that emotion for good, than getting caught up in, I'm so nervous. What if they rescind the offer? What if they do this? I'm so excited for what I could potentially build for my future. That's the kind of the mental game I want you to be playing when you go in there. Wow, that's so interesting. Like it, it, you really, you know, you hear the phrase fake it till you make it kind of thing. But like you really, the, the brain is very suggestible. Study after study tells us that. Yeah. Uh, but that's just so funny to be like, you could feel so nervous and be like, I am excited <laughs> and yeah. it working. My goodness. You can turn um, those nervous butterflies into excitement butterflies and yeah. it can make a world of difference. It's a very similar feeling inside your body for sure. I, I have a feeling, you know, your, your book is called Say Less, Get More. Uh, I want to talk about the language of asking for a raise or, or you know, some kind of bonus or something like that. On top of being prepared and, and, and bringing your own curiosity, how, how do you suggest people actually go about that? Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit more complicated when you're already in an organization. Um, and so you do have to be super well prepared. And I wouldn't, so I wouldn't send a meeting request and go raise request. 
in the subject line, certainly, <laughs> but I would say a catch up. I would frame it as a catch up or a review of some sorts. And so if you ask someone for feedback, then that might be your opening to make someone feel really good about helping you because people love to have their opinions heard. Mm-hmm. And if you were to say, I want to have a catch up or a review or talk about how we're meeting, how I'm meeting my goals for the end of the year, that can be your opportunity to now showcase all of the wonderful things that you're doing and all of the reasons why you deserve this raise. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's about using positive language. You're not asking them, am I meeting my goals? You're going, here's how I'm meeting my goals. <laughs> you're priming their brain to go, oh, let me start nodding my head with this person who is well on track to exceeding these goals. So if you have previous conversations that you've been having with them, you can go, hey, last time we spoke, we said, these are the objectives that I'm being measured against. Here's how I'm meeting or exceeding those objectives. Here's how others in the industry are or in this market or in this organization are also doing the same thing and how they're being compensated for it. Then you finish with this curiosity question of going, how can we make sure that I am being compensated appropriately for all of these great things that I've been doing? And you're turning it into a problem solving opportunity. I do recommend coming in with an actual, a number, an anchor is what we would call it in negotiation. So if you can say, based on my research or based on my knowledge of the industry, people who are doing all of these objectives and and achieving all of these things are getting paid X amount. What can we do to close that gap between me and what others with my abilities are getting paid? Mm-hmm. And that's how you, again, you can seem really inquisitive. You can seem like, hey, I'm just here to solve a problem as opposed to I'm going to be this jerk who's going to come in here and be a thorn in your side and be demanding. Because the truth of the matter is the person you're sitting across from probably doesn't have the authority to do that on their own. They probably now need to build a case for you internally. So if you do all the work for them and you've now built the case and are handing it to them on a silver platter, it just makes their life and yours a lot easier. So go in there credible with information, go there in a, with a list of all of the great things that you've done, prime them to go, yeah, this person is a great achiever in this organization. And then go based on all that, here's how people like me often get rewarded what can we do to make sure we can get closer to that figure? How can we close that gap together? Finishing the question is going to make them feel as though societal norms are telling me I need to answer this question. And no one wants to look like an incapable jerk going, I don't know how to answer that. They're going to go, let me see what I can do. Or here are some of the other things that you're missing in order to get that. At the very least, you're going to get some valuable information that's going to get you to that next level. Man, there's so much like psychology baked into everything that you're saying here, right? It's just, it's again, it's telling someone else's brain that they're excited to give you more money kind of thing. Going back to the study you referenced. Yeah. I mean, if, if negotiations were done on spreadsheets and were a logical, rational thing, I wouldn't have a job. So it is absolutely (laughs) about psychology for sure. Yeah. This was also very eye-opening in terms of the mentality, because I, I feel like I was taught and I'm unlearning a lot of things by this interview to be like, you know, I think I should deserve, right. As opposed to being like every year you and your manager go over your goals for the year. And if you're just Mm -hmm. like, look how I've done it and you bring numbers and I've exceeded all these different goals, you're just be like, well, then what do you think somebody like me who's exceeding everything? You said I was exceeding everything. It's a big, it's a big mental shift in, in how to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, my review is happening in two months. Mm -hmm. And already, because I know I'm going to be talking to about raises, I've started kind of the back channel initial conversations with people. I've already started writing out everything that I've done this year, an Mm -hmm. exceptional and get that on 
on paper. And so there's a lot of planning that goes into it months beforehand. And we know that in this situation where you're going to be asking for a raise, you're going to be very nervous. Right. And anyone, you know, Pat, like yourself or anyone who's performed before, when you're nervous, your brain sometimes shuts off or the words you want to say don't come out correctly. And so if you have kind of that runway and that pathway, so when the day comes, you're so prepared, you have everything in order, you've kind of already had these initial conversations with people, they know it's coming, you know it's coming, it's not out of the blue, and therefore you can be much more prepared to have that pitch and be ready for it. That's a great point. And even if you haven't performed, it's like, have you ever asked someone that you're interested in romantically out yes. in person, right? It's just like, right. you can run it, you know, you're getting dressed, you're showering, you're going through it in your head, and it never comes out the way you've never. imagined it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, asking for a raise should never be a surprise to anyone. You should always make sure they have those conversations and know. So the day of it, you usually have a good idea if you're getting it or not. Right, absolutely. Another thing that really stuck out to me was, and this is something that's come up on the podcast a lot, is that it's a lot of it comes down to your frame of mind. Like like you said, you're going to be anxious on that day. But if you start telling yourself, anxiety and excitement feel the same in the body. So if you start telling yourself that you're excited, it may take a load off, right? Like it may help make things easier when you're having that conversation. Yeah, I think the difference between excited and anxiety is preparedness. Mm -hmm. Um, I think anxiety may be in a situation where you go into it where it's like, okay, I don't know, I may feel this way, or I maybe they don't, you're not, your body's just not prepared. But if you've prepared your body, then it can shift to excitement in a way. And you're exactly right. The feelings are the same. It's just for me, it's being more prepared leads to excitement. Love it. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this concludes the the part one of asking for a raise. I ju- I'm just realizing that I didn't give you a chance to introduce what you do as a small business expert. So why don't we get that in here? Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, I help uh, focus on minority women-owned businesses, small businesses that need help, technical assistance, and it's really rewarding. And any way I can support small businesses, I'm about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tune in next week and you'll be able to hear Matt and I discuss the rest of Fotini's interview and and give you some more tips on how to manage the anxiety related to asking for a raise. All right. See you later. All right. Just remember that that's only half of the interview. So come back next week to hear the conclusions from Fotini and Matt. Thank you to both of them for, for their time on this as well. Before I get to the weird thing causing me anxiety this week, I just want to remind you of my other podcast called Death Space Filling the Void. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Then there's the Buy Me a Coffee link, just a way to make a donation or a tip to the show. Uh, It's in the link in the description. Then there's Pure Spectrum. I I talked a bunch about them in the beginning of the show. Fantastic CBD and and a bunch of different products that help you relax and, and... Just live a calmer life, which is the goal. (laughs) They're offering the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 15% off your orders. If you haven't signed up for Instacart, you can do that through the link in the description. By doing it that way, it tells Instacart that this show sent you, and and that also helps support the show. And then there's the Curtis Studio with the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 15% off your initial order. So yeah, check them out as well. 
Okay, so the weird thing causing me anxiety this week. You know, I've been playing beer league hockey here for a while. I was a goalie growing up. Finally got the itch to at least obtain the equipment to play goalie. And, and I finally have done that as of today. And I'm just like so anxious because it was such a big part of my life. Like I was playing on three teams at times in, in high school. And I don't know what I'm anxious about. It's it's I think it's excitement because I have played goalie twice since 2008 when I graduated college. And it's 2023. So that's a long time. That's, you know, it's probably just a excitement and happiness in there. But I also keep being like, well, there's a reason why I don't play a ton of goalie because I'm nervous about pulling muscles and stuff like that. And like, what if I stink? And then, you know, I, I understand that it certainly does not matter. I mean, getting hurt would matter. That That's the only way you lose, right, in, in beer league. Because who cares how well you actually do? It's beer league. <laughs> well, there's some people out there that very much care. But yeah, maybe maybe I just had a breakthrough right there. That I'm not actually anxious and I'm, I'm just excited and looking forward to getting out there for the first time. Maybe that's it. I'm going to tell myself that. Well, we're going to run with that. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and I'll talk to you on Thursday.